This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe I just want somebody to share my life with. It only takes one, one person, one podcast to potentially change your life forever. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. We have another hot and thought-provoking episode of Dates and Mates for you today. We've had a lot of new subscribers over the Valentine's season. So if you're new to Dates and Mates, I want you to know you are in the right place. I'm your host, Damona Hoffman, and I am an IDCA certified dating coach. I actually started out writing dating profiles over 15 years ago after meeting my husband online. And now I take people through the entire process of finding love online and off and setting the foundation for a successful relationship. All right, enough about me. The show is about you. And no matter your background, your orientation, your gender identity, if you are open-minded and you love to learn more about yourself, then this is the space for you. We are always taking questions about dating and relationships for our Dear Demona segment at the end of the show. But we always kick it off with the headlines. Here's what's on the docket for today. If you have a crush on a coworker, don't worry, you're not alone. And you quit online dating, but now TikTok is your matchmaker? Then speaking of TikTok, we have an exciting interview with a TikTok star who may have predicted her own wedding in a video. The inspirational Alexa Carlin is here with us today to talk about how she cheated death at the age of 19 and all of the lessons that she learned from her harrowing experience that prepared her for her relationship today. Later, I will answer questions from you like, his pictures say a lot, but his bio is empty. Should I even bother? And I am so over the good morning text. Is this just something that I have to get used to? Lovers, I hope you came for a good time because we are going in today. These dating dish. Forbes reports a new study that finds romance is blossoming in the office. 50% of you working bees have a crush on a coworker, and 33% are involved in a workplace romance. That's a headline. If I ever saw one, they're involved. And this isn't just any slacker survey, y'all. This is the Society for Human Resource Management. And they were asking people about their involvement in workplace romance. And that 33%, that's higher. That's 6% higher than before the pandemic. 
This is very curious to me. And I I reported on it maybe a couple months ago, maybe. I don't know. In Dates and Mates time, I, I can never tell Dates and Mates time. Maybe it was six months ago we were talking about the rise in workplace romance. But it's continued on this trend, and it really got me thinking, why? Of course, this is what we always do on the show. Why? Because now a lot of people are either working from home or in sort of hybrid work situations. So I think what is happening, two things. One, we've become used to talking to people digitally. We've become more skillful at being able to to express ourselves over text and video chat and really feel like we're making a connection. The other thing that's happening is that people are not under the watchful eye of Big Brother. So, of course, if you're not in the office, you're going to do what you're going to do. And I know you went and got your nails did last Friday, so don't even try and play me because I come from corporate. I come from a corporate media background. So I know what people are doing on their two-hour lunch breaks. I see you. And when you're working from home, I could only imagine what is really going on. Uh, This is a really interesting trend because workplace romances were really common. And this article states that back in the 50s through the 90s, people were really getting it on with their secretary. I mean, you guys, you watch Mad Men. You know how it is. But then there was this rise in in in-office sexual harassment claims and the hashtag MeToo movement. And even before then, I remember from my corporate media experience, we had to do trainings like you had to sign documents if you were going to hook up with a coworker. You had to disclose it. Everybody knew your business because the business had to protect themselves from the impression of impropriety or you getting a promotion because your boo was your boss. And it's happening. So according to the study, 65% of workers who had been involved in a workplace romance dated their peers, but 12% dated their subordinates and 19% dated their superiors. And that was like a hard and fast rule. I mean, I didn't mean to say it like that. Come on, get your mind out of the gutter. That was really a clear rule in my workplace at every company that I worked for. It was like, okay, you can date a coworker, but you should probably tell HR and you cannot date somebody who reports to you or whose career advancement you are responsible for. And funny enough, Jeff Zucker, who is the head of CNN, was the head of one of the companies that I worked for. And so I knew he knew these rules. But in spite of that, we had all that mess at CNN. And I don't even know why they're still talking about it. Like he had to resign. And it left me really wondering, is it worth the risk? Is it worth everything that you've worked for to date that person? And like maybe if you just really feel like, this is it. This is your person. And it's got to happen. But I, if there are 8 billion people in the world, there might be somebody else you could date who's not your boss. There could be another person you can meet that wouldn't take down your entire career path and everything that you've worked to build. <laughs> I was really surprised. The survey found that 77 percent of U.S. workers said their employer doesn't require them to disclose their workplace romance, which actually probably means that 50 percent of workers, employers did require them to disclose a workplace romance and 27 percent did never read the manual and didn't realize that. <laughs> but my argument is that even though it feels like because you're working from home or you're on a flexible work schedule, the rules are a little bit more fluid. I would say not 
so much, and you really need to consider all the pros and cons and whether the risk for an office romance is worth it. Speaking of love, finding you in unexpected places, there was a really interesting article by The Cut about online dating, but not online dating the way you're thinking of it. Online dating in terms of all of the ways that people are meeting online. And I've said this on the show before, but it bears repeating. A lot of times people think online dating, oh, that's just dating apps. Online dating could encompass any place online where you connect. And I encourage you, even as an online dating coach and someone who works with dating apps, I still encourage you to consider the whole range of online options as you are expanding your dating pool. So in this article, they say there's more to online dating than just apps. And dating apps increase your odds of meeting someone because they're places where people go because they want to meet someone. But you know, this article is a little biased against dating apps and encouraging you to consider some of these other ways to make a connection. I say do it all. I don't think it's an either or situation. But there's a difference that I want to make sure you understand in making a connection on, let's say, TikTok and making a connection on a dating app. Because as the article states, when you're on the app, people are going for that express purpose. But The article was talking about how our lockdowns expanded a lot of social activity into the Internet. So now we are more accustomed to doing all these things that we used to do in person online. Like, I don't even know the last time. I'm not even joking with you. I don't know the last time I went into a grocery store. I cannot remember. And I feel really great about that. (laughs) And socializing online. I have formed a lot of new friendships online throughout the pandemic. I have grown closer to a lot of friends that I meet with regularly on Zoom. And so it's really expanded not just dating apps, but our abilities to make connections in all of these different ways. But when you are using these alternative sources to make a connection, let's say, let's just say Instagram or TikTok, then we are connecting with people based on something in common, whether it's a topic that this person maybe talks or posts about. Like the article was featuring a couple that met because this guy is a musician and he used to play on TikTok and TikTok algorithm is like the matchmaker that (laughs) recommended him to her. And then she started following and then she's like commenting on his lives. And then they're building a real relationship based on this love of music, his music in this case, but it could be any music, right? Like you could go watch a versus battle. You could be on Twitter. They also featured some people who met on Twitter. You could be on Twitter talking about a show that you like. And maybe you have differing opinions or maybe you you see something you didn't see based on this comment that someone, a stranger, left. And so you start building off of a foundation of some sort of commonality, which is really different than on dating apps where you are sort of self-starting a conversation. And as this article really points out, you are also self-reporting what you are about, what's important to you. So it does require clarity of identity, clarity of what you're looking for and your values and being able to articulate that. But when you meet someone on a specific social app, then 
your relationship is unfolding in a completely different way. And I just want to clarify because some of you have heard me say before, I don't recommend linking your Instagram to your dating app because they're different venues. The way that you're presenting yourself on the dating app, you want that information that you're going to share with your potential partner to unfold in real time. But when you start to cross over then onto the social app, then they're information gathering. They're trying to figure out more about you, but you haven't established any kind of framework for similarity, for compatibility, which if you met on the social platform, you actually are starting from that place of commonality. Do you see the nuance there? So this is why it's different if you've met on the app and I don't want you to start doing all of this social discovery because there isn't an expectation that you know all this information about that person before you meet. If you've met on the social app, the expectation is that all of that information was there for the choosing and was a part of your decision to contact them. Couple hot tips, if you do want to slide into the DMs, make sure that you have first connected in comments, that you've commented on something they've posted or you've both commented on something a friend has posted. You've made a connection before the DM slide happens. And we talk about this in the episode I did with Nick Vile back in the fall, if you want to go back and look for that. If you want to slide into a celebrity DM, I also talked about that with Laverne Cox in the fall. But if you just found a connection with another human on a dating app, you still want to make the connection in the public space and then slide in the DM because otherwise it's just creepy. Like, I just saw your picture and you're pretty and let me just send you a message. It's too much. (laughs) You want to establish a connection and commonality and then you can comment on it in the DM. Also, if you have been active in the public space then you're more likely to have your request accepted if they have a private account or to have your DM read because in a lot of platforms, your DM is going into a completely separate category that might not even be noticed for weeks, months, maybe ever. So those are a couple just hot tips if you are into the DM slide and you want to make a connection on TikTok. I'm going to be talking more to... Alexa Carlin, who is a TikTok star, about how she made a connection, interestingly, on a dating app. It's all coming full circle, folks. So stick around. We'll be back with more Dates and Mates in a moment. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back, lovers. Our guest for today is going to motivate the heck out of you because Alexa Carlin is a public speaker And she's a TV personality. She's been featured on the Oprah Winfrey Network, Fox, ABC, CBS, and TEDx. She's the founder and CEO of Women Empower X. She's the author of Adaptable, How to Lead with Curiosity, Pivot with Purpose, and Thrive Through Change. Get this, Alexa credits her success and the community she created to surviving a near-death experience. She came out of a medically induced coma after being incredibly ill at 21 years old 
and she was given a 1% chance to live. This is a very powerful story. I can't wait for you to feel Alexa's power when she speaks. Please help me give big smooches to my guest, Alexa Carlin. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story, not just in your book, Adaptable, but also on TikTok and especially, of course, here on the Dates and Mates podcast. So I understand, uh, spoiler alert, everybody, Alexa's getting married. The big day's coming up, right? So soon, end of May. End of May. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for you. I love, love, I love weddings, but I also love talking about the road to get there because I know the road to love is not always a straight line. There's a lot of peaks and valleys. And you have an interesting story for how you and your fiance originally connected. So you're, you're a speaker. You're, you, prior to the pandemic, I'm sure, were on the road a lot. So you're yes. sitting in an airport and you had deleted all your dating apps, Alexa? I did. I was so over the online dating scene, which I'm sure many can relate to. It was just like so much and it was so disappointing every single time I came home. And it has an effect on your self-esteem in a way. And it makes your mood just lower. And I was just like, I just was like, if it's meant to be, I'll find them at a networking <laughs> event. So I deleted all of my apps or what I thought I did. You deleted them all except for one. And right. So here you are sitting in the airport. And I mean, what's what's a single lady to do while she has a little bit of time on her hands? <laughs> I know. I was heading to a speaking gig, and this was back in 2019. And I was I just moved to Raleigh, North Carolina from South Florida. I felt like I didn't fit in there. I mean, I'm lived in New York City. I've lived in London. Now I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I moved there to follow and be close to family. But I was just at a point where I was very just overwhelmed with everything. And I remember I was on the plane and it was delayed. And I was just like, I don't feel like going on social media. And I looked at my phone and I saw one dating app that I just, I guess, forgot to delete. And I opened it. And the first person that popped up caught my attention, swiped right, Based on his answers to certain questions, I swiped right, we matched, and then I closed the app. Ooh, and then got on a flight into <laughs> yep. your future. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I'm going to like totally pick apart everything in this story. Um, so the first thing I want to know is what was it that made you intrigued by his profile? There was a picture of him and his mom. <laughs> I'm a big family person, so that that I really liked. It showed like his sweet side. And then uh, his answers, one said that his goal is to retire by a certain age, so it showed that he's driven. He's uh, into tech and finance, which are big hobbies of mine. And it was just like very to the point. And the pictures were not like those weird trying to be – you know, look a certain way. It was just pictures he had. And uh, I don't know, something, I, I think it was more of like the energy I felt from him on this app that just spoke to me. I talk about that a lot, using your intuition when you're swiping and trying to get past just the photos and more into the feeling. And I, it's a really hard thing to 
explain and to teach, but when you know it, you know it, right? I felt the same way when I looked at my husband's profile. And I just, I, I remember thinking, Alexa, that's the guy. I, and I was like, where has he been this whole time? That's the guy. Wow. I just knew. That's awesome. But you know, there were a lot of frogs, girl. There were a lot oh, of frogs yeah. along the I way. Mean, <laughs> some, I mean, some toads, some oh, man. lizards yeah. even. I, I didn't know he was the one when I saw him. I didn't even know he was the one when I first met him. And yeah. so ours is a story of like gradual love. But it's funny because I just finished filling out this entire sheet of answering all these questions about our love for our officiant for us getting married. And one of the questions was like, how did you when was the moment that you knew that you wanted to be with him for the rest of your life? And I remember that moment exactly. But it happened roughly four months after. Can you tell me the moment? Oh, yeah. So um So this was, again, in 2019, I was hosting very large conferences for my business, Women Empower X, and we attract two to 3,000 women per event at convention centers, all to help women entrepreneurs grow their business and brand. And so I was flying down to South Florida to host our annual event, been hosting there since 2016, and this was the first time Colby, my fiance, came to this event with me. This was also the first time he traveled with me and my mom and my dad because they came as well. And I remember my grandma came to this event and she was sitting at the merch table all day with Colby and Colby was in charge of the merch and helping like with the main stage. And I remember I was walking through this event, which I normally the years leading up to this point, very stressed my business. I've it's I mean, it's something I'm so passionate about the work I do. So it does affect my energy, you know, and does affect how I feel. But I remember at this point, I was talking to my mom, I was in the lobby, and I see Colby with my grandma sitting there just talking all day. And of course, like, you know, helping out. And I looked at him and I just felt this overwhelming feeling that I am so in love with him and he's the man that I want to marry. Oh. And it, it was at this moment because that was the first time in my entire life that someone meant more to me than my business. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And he got a preview of coming attractions, I'm sure, because <laughs> being married to an entrepreneur and, you know, a woman that's making moves, look, sometimes dudes gotta sit at the merch table. Yeah. <laughs> And entertain grandma, you know? <laughs> yeah, what's funny is like, we're like complete, complete opposites. But that also led me to realizing what I actually wanted in a person that would help me find my person. Mm, yeah, that is really key. And something that I talk about a lot to the listeners is really getting clear first. Because it, it is exhausting. And I, I, I've heard from a lot of people like, I'm going to do the dating hiatus. Because if you do it, out of this like obligation, I guess is the word I'm looking for, where you feel like you're going through the motions, but you haven't gotten that clarity. Yeah. It's going to feel very exhausting and you're going to get to burn out a lot quicker. Right. Oh, definitely. I mean, it happened to me and it wasn't until, um, my friend. So there was like two things. One, I felt that I couldn't have both, uh, demanding career and a relationship but I'm a very family oriented person. I want to start my own family. I want to, you know, I I'm always around family, but I also have big dreams and goals for myself. 
And so I had to like really talk to my friends and some mentors to realize like, dude, if Beyonce can do it, if the people on the Today Show could do it, if like all these people, right, can do it, then why can't you? So it's come to that realization. The second thing is I have an autoimmune disease. Yes. In college, I had a crazy near-death experience that left me in a coma. And as a result, I was diagnosed with a debilitating, chronic, embarrassing autoimmune disease. And it was very, very hard to open up to anyone outside of my mom, dad, and sister. And I always thought, like, how am I going to live with someone? How am I going to find love? How, how am I going to go on a road trip or travel with this person? Because at any moment, my autoimmune can flare up and it's embarrassing. It is. And it was mm. so hard. And that's why I really, I, I was open right from the start within the first month with Colby and how understanding he was. He doesn't, that's the thing. I always thought that people needed to know exactly what I was going through to understand, but they don't. They'll, people will never fully know unless they're living it, right? We, I don't know all of your challenges and obstacles, but I can have empathy. I can have yes. compassion. I can hear what you're saying and, and be there for you with you. Not try to offer advice, just be there for you. And that feeling that he gave to me really, it, I mean, it changed my life. It, it really did. Hmm. And then the third thing that really helped me find the person was my best friend said to me, do you have your non-negotiable list? And I was like, no, <laughs> what's a non-negotiable list? And, you know, it's all the things that are non-negotiables when it comes to your person. And what I realized writing this down was I was looking for all the nice to haves versus the must haves. For Ooh. example, like I always wanted someone that was that traveled and had all these travel stories like I did and very cultured and, you know, had these crazy cool experiences but that's a nice to have. What was a must have was that they wanted to travel with me. Yeah. You are so speaking my language, Alexa. And you're really, you're really articulating exactly the nuances that I that I speak of. Like I talk about empathetic dating. And this mm. is something that I think most daters out there are not dating from a place of empathy. And so I love that you recognize that in Colby. And also, when we get into the clarity around what these must-haves are, a lot of times you realize the things that you've been going for are window dressing. And they oh, yeah. say nothing <laughs> about the kind of person that they are. They're like nice in a, you know, an Instagram or nice for a swipe. But, you know, the fact that he travels probably doesn't say anything about who he is. But the fact that he wants to travel with you says mm -hmm. something totally different. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. Like, I was looking for all the the fluff. Like, a perfect analogy is the window shopping. And if he didn't ever wanted to travel, that wouldn't work because that's a big passion and hobby of mine and something I want to share with my partner. The same thing, like, I wanted someone that was really into finance and tech and an entrepreneur. And he's into finance and tech, but those were nice to haves. What was a must have was he, uh, the person needed to be able to support my entrepreneurial career. And, uh. and, you know, so that was that must have. Same as like, it would be a nice to have if he had a sister that was close to my age and we could be friends. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't a must have. What was a must have was that he was family oriented and, you know, close to his family or wanted a family. Right. So talk to me 
about the moment that you met. I saw this TikTok video that you did. By the yeah. way, you were on TikTok in summer of 2019. I was like, dang, girl, <laughs> early dog yeah. tech person. But you recorded a TikTok before you went in. And we'll be sure to link to all of your stuff so people can see this. But I have to say, I was really struck, Alexa, by your optimism in that <laughs> in that moment. Because he wasn't the first guy. He wasn't the first online date that you had. And you said, maybe this will be my last first date. Yes. Put <laughs> us in that moment with you. And is this something that you said every time you went on a date? Or was there something different that made you realize, like, I got to capture this moment? Yeah, that was actually my one and only time I ever did a recording like that or said that. But my mom would always say, put your lipstick on. Today's maybe the day that you meet that person. Right? I got my red <laughs> lip on today. I was like, there you go. I want to be cute for Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> So my mom always said that too, when I was like going out for the first date to keep my hopes up and I was living at home at the time. And so when I got there, I was early and I was like, I'm not like just going to stand there before he gets there, like at the restaurant. This was again, our first date. We only talked for maybe 48 hours before we said, let's meet in person. And I said, let's meet for coffee. Cause I never liked the full meal. So you can like escape just in case. But he was like, no, let me, I would like to take you to dinner. He has to pick me up. And I didn't want that. You first don't know that guy. Mm -mm. Right. Mm -mm. But he was very like he still believed in chivalry. Right. <laughs> He's from <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> so I, I, I get there and I'm a little bit early and I take out my phone. I take out TikTok and I record this video just again, keeping that that positive perspective before walking in. And I said, you know, you never know. This may be my last first date. I've said that many times before every time I left the house, but this was the only time I actually like recorded the video. And so we went in, we basically joked because we closed down the restaurant. We were talking nonstop where the waitress finally came over and said, Hey guys, you know, the restaurant's closing. If you want to <laughs> order any food, you need to order. Now we only ordered one drink and then finally ordered right before they were about to close. So right away I knew I wanted to go on a second date because we had so much to talk about. And then what's funny about this story is that about maybe two months later, after we were already like, quote unquote, official, like boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, he brought it up or somehow this TikTok came up and he was so sad because he saw that shortly after our first date. And he thought that I said that for another first date. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He saw it like a little a couple days later, the way the TikTok algorithm works. And he had, he didn't know that. I was like, this is before our first date. And he, <laughs> he it was so it was just like a moment for sure. <laughs> it's so easy to get in our head and start like looking for the red flags. Like people are always asking me about red flags. You know, I'm just going to draw a line in the sand here. I'm done talking about red flags. I don't want to talk about red flags mm. anymore. I want to talk about green flags. I want to talk about Oh, I flags. love that. And I think this is this is really a pivot and that's really what your book is about. It's adaptable how to lead with curiosity, pivot with purpose and thrive through change. When you have this sort of clarity, these moments of clarity, you owe it to yourself to act upon them because you know firsthand Alexa, nothing tomorrow is not promised. And I haven't had the experiences that you've had, but Speaking from a place of empathy, I can only imagine that going through something that life altering at such a young age 
just gives you a completely new outlook on how you want to live your life. It definitely does. And the reason I wrote this book is because I, I realized that through every big experience in my life, every challenge, every obstacle, I've had to learn how to adapt to all the things that I cannot control in order to keep going, in order to not give up. And I mean, we've seen that the last two years with everything, we have to adapt. And it's the same thing when you're in your relationship or when you are growing as an individual and now you have different passions, you feel like you have a different purpose, things come into your life that you can't control. Like, how do you keep on going and not give up. And it and it all is about leading life with curiosity, right? I there was a long time in my life where I didn't have any hope. And everyone was just like, as long as you have hope, you could keep on going. But I was looking for the light at the end of the tunnel, searching for it and it was pitch black. I was in so much darkness. I did not see any light because I was now with a chronic illness. There's no cure for it. I was suffering from post traumatic stress over this crazy near-death experience. I had so many different health challenges after being in a coma for so long, and there was no hope. And for a long time, I sat with that and, and allowed my circumstance to define me and define what I can and cannot do until I realized, like, if I don't have hope, maybe I can exchange hope with curiosity. And I became so curious to what may happen if I don't give up. What may happen if I go on one more first date? Mm. Right. It only takes one, one person, one dating app, one podcast, one book to potentially change your life forever. But you have to be curious enough to take that action step to discover that possibility. Girl, I see why you are a public speaker. You are speaking <laughs> to me. You are speaking to my audience. And I think it's also a reminder you couldn't see today. You couldn't see your wedding in May back then. Mm -hmm. Certainly not. Mm -mm. But you can look to the next day. You can look ahead in small increments, and those small increments build into big moments. One action step a day, one different mindset shift a day, and, and it all adds up. And a lot of times when we feel like we're taking steps backwards, it's really to help us take the right step forward. So true. Whenever I have something that doesn't work out or that disappoints me or whatever, I always try to pause and I say, where's the lesson? Because mm. I, think, I think we get to learn from our life. Even the most horrible, horrific things that happen to us, we get to learn in those moments. And the learning really makes us stronger. And sometimes I don't get the answer right away. Sometimes oh, yeah. it takes a while. You're like, where's the lesson? And then 15 years later, I'm like, oh, that was the lesson. There okay, you go. that makes more sense. <laughs> but like all of these little moments, like everything in your story, Alexa, it's all sliding doors, right? There's so mm -hmm. many, so many moments where you could have gone a different way. But, you know, I have to keep the faith that things happen, things unfold as they are meant to unfold and every moment you get to choose. So I am so glad you chose to be here with us on Dates and Mates. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And and I, I believe that's the power in it, right? We have a choice. I believe our obstacles can do one of two things. They can hold us back or fuel us forward. And the beautiful thing about that is the choice is always up to you. And so I love that you are taking the perspective of folks on the green flags versus the red flags because that's my entire brand, my entire book, my business. It's always focusing on what you can do. There's so many things that are going wrong 
if we focus all our energy on all those red flags and all the negativity, then we're taking away our energy from focusing on the things we do have control over to make the world a better place, to change our life and change the lives of the people that we surround ourselves with. So one step at a time, one date at a time, one person. And I believe that everyone really will uh, achieve the life that they desire. I love that. What a beautiful sentiment to end on. Thank you so much, Alexa. Thank you. You can listen to The Alexa Rose Show on the Call-In app and check out Women Empower X, a community for women entrepreneurs. We'll put the link in the show notes. In a moment, we will be back to answer listener questions, including are empty bios an obvious sign that I shouldn't match with someone? And I have a hard time responding to morning texts. Is it just me? (laughs) We'll be back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, I love, love, and I love answering your questions in this next segment. Me. This is an Instagram message from Mo. Fun fact, that was my nickname when I was a kid. No one calls me it anymore. So don't say it on the street. <laughs> but Mo, you and I have something in common. Mo says, uh, hi, Demona. I love your podcast. I've been binging from as far back as Google Podcasts would let me go. Yes, we have 399 episodes, but only the last 100 are available. So that's pretty impressive, Mo. I have a question. What's your take on empty bios on swipe apps, especially if they have a bunch of pics that fulfill your three C's? Ooh, I love that you've been studying. I've seen a lot of guys will have empty bios, minimal bios, or just put their height. What do you think? Should I just swipe left on these guys? Uh, Mo, I think you know from listening to the show, I never like to give you just a straight cut and dry answer of like, yes, you should swipe left. Or no, you should swipe right. I'm not going to tell you which way to swipe, okay? But I will tell you this. You get out what you put in. So if somebody is putting in lackluster effort in their dating profile, where else do you think they might put in lackluster effort, Mo? Mm -hmm. I think you understand. I would say those people are either time wasters, catfish, just straight up hoes looking to hook up. And no shade to the straight up hoes listening to the show right now. You can find a match on a dating app too. And that is fine. But it sounds like Mo wants a little bit more. And Mo wants to know a little something about the guy other than his height. So I would say it is a bit of a red flag for me. So even though I said earlier that I'm done talking about red flags, I would give this one a pretty big red flag. And you can't just go on the photos. That said, I guess if you find a photo that feels like it really speaks to you the way that Alexa's fiance's photo spoke to her, the way that my husband's photo spoke to me, 
I have been wrong, but I was wrong before, certainly when photo spoke to me. But if you feel that connection, even if there isn't much in the bio, if there's enough for you to feel like, let's get into this conversation, I would say proceed, but proceed with caution. And you have to really then, you then you have to do all the work, Mo, and you have to dig all of that information out in the messaging phase. And that feels really exhausting to me. So do what you want with that advice. But I don't like feeling exhausted, and I'm going to assume that since you have been binging this podcast, you don't like to feel exhausted either. This one was an email from a listener named Sarah. She says, I have a really hard time with the emailing that happens between the initial phone call and the first date when meeting through an app. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Hope you had a great day. And the list could go on for miles. To me, all these little bids are pseudo-intimacy and annoyances. I do not work the kind of job where I can be on my personal phone all day. I have had the experience where a connection has gone sour while my phone is not even with me during my workday because of his expectation of texts. Even if I could text all day, I do not want to until after I have actually met someone and know if I want to create a closer connection. I especially dislike the first thing in the morning text. I am never ready at 7 or 7.30 to engage in this stuff, especially when there is no content, just pleasantries. Is this just a part of app dating that I have to change my mindset around or learn to get into this? Or is there a better way? Would love to hear your thoughts. Sarah, yes, you're right. There has to be a better way. And there is. I just need to separate something in your mind because this is not an app dating problem. This is a dating problem, right? And believe me, dudes were sending hello beautiful messages as soon as they could type on their little, like remember Blackberries? Like dudes were sending good morning messages back then. But as text communication became easier, and you could cut and paste messages. You'll see where I'm going here in a minute. It became a lot easier to send these messages and they became more frequent. Because like you said, they're just like little snacks. You're saying pseudo intimacy, annoyances. I don't know if it's an annoyance, but what's actually happening, I'm gonna get into a little brain science for you. Don't worry, it won't get too nerdy. You're probably on adrenaline overload. Sarah, because all of us who get messages and notifications all day long are probably on adrenaline overload because every time we get a ping from our phone, oh, you have a message. Oh, look who it's from. Oh, you have a match. Oh, there's an email. Oh, there's a text. It sends us a little burst of adrenaline, a little bit of dopamine, and we're like, ooh, ooh. And then we see, oh, it's just from this dude. And then we get a crash. We end up almost lower than before we got the message. So I would say, one, you got to control your notifications because it's just, it's when you said annoyances to me that it feels like you're just getting too many messages overall. Because if it was from somebody that you actually loved and found a connection with, and you were like feeling that love back, it wouldn't feel like an annoyance to you. And it wouldn't be a dopamine hit. It would be an oxytocin hit right? It would be, I feel bonded to this person. So lesson over, brain science over. (laughs) What you got to do is really set the boundaries early on. And it sounds like you might be caught in the texting trap, Sarah. 
The texting trap is when you stay online for a really long time and you're going back and forth and you're getting these happy Tuesday messages. And then it's the next Tuesday and the next Tuesday. It says to me that you may be spending too much time trying to vet these people before you actually get offline. You probably want to reduce the number of people that make it through that primary filter to actually get into the messaging phase. And when you're in that messaging phase, you have to be driving to the date. Because after that initial phone call, how long are you waiting to actually meet? How many Tuesdays can there be? How many messages can there be? There really shouldn't be more than like seven, girl. Like that's plenty of time. Remember one week from the time you match to move to the next phase. And I would say no more than one week unless you are in different places. But then you want to set up a video chat date as an actual date if it is a long distance relationship. And I'm not even going to go into all of that. Maybe that's something for another show. But what happens is it is so easy to send those texts. This is likely what's happening, Sarah. Someone can cut and paste that good morning text an infinite number of times. He can be hedging his bets. See, guys, I got your number. He's hedging his bets in sending this good morning text to multiple people to try to keep them on the hook. Not because he's a bad guy necessarily, but because he's had his heart broken so many times. He's put in this effort and he's tried to make a connection and then girls ghost him before the first date and he has his expectations and he wants it to work and then he gets there and it's not what he thought it would be. And so he's just keeping a lot of irons in the fire to see which one is going to get hot. So you got to set the boundaries and the rules really clear up front. Oh, I can't be on my personal phone during the day. And remember, inspire him to show up for you. But I can't wait to talk to you when we meet up in person. I can't wait to share that story with you when we actually have our first date. <laughs> and once you set that clear boundary and expectation for them, he's got to show up for you and he's got to clear the bar or he's not the guy. So I know I gave you a ton of homework, Sarah, but baby steps. First thing, fix that filter. Like you shouldn't be talking to that many people for that long. Second step, get out of the texting trap. Get between that first match and the first date more quickly. Third step, set that boundary for how you like to be communicated with. And you can do it in a way that's not a demand, that's not like, oh, it's so annoying when I get these messages, but that's an invitation. I love hearing your voice after I get home from work. What guy is not going to call you when you get home from work if you share that information with him? if he's really interested in forming a relationship with you. I hope you enjoyed episode 399 of Dates and Mates as much as I enjoyed making it for you. Next week, something big is happening. For all of you math whizzes out there, you know what comes after 399. It's our 400th episode of Dates and Mates. Whether you just started listening or you're a veteran Dates and Mates supporter, guess what? I would love to hear from you. We are collecting messages about why you listen to the show. We want to know how something you heard here changed your life in a big or small way. We want to hear what you feel when you listen to Dates and Mates. So please, please do me a favor. If you love Dates and Mates, 
I want to share the love with you. Record a voice memo for me. You can DM it to me at Damona Hoffman. You can leave us an Apple review or you can give me a call and leave it on my voicemail, 424-246-6255. And then you could hear your voice and your message on next week's episode of Dates and Mates. To celebrate this amazing 400 episode milestone, I will be joined by one of my idols, the person who blazed a trail hosting Loveline for so many years and continues to serve up sound advice with heart and with humor, the one and only Dr. Drew Pinsky. If you have a question for me or for Dr. Drew, you can also DM me that at Damona Hoffman or leave me a message on our voicemail, 424-246-6255. I can't wait to celebrate with you. Until then, I wish you happy dating.